Hey guys, my name is Vu and welcome back to the Effortless Man podcast. On today's installment, which is also the second episode of the Effortless Man podcast, we've got a very, very interesting topic to talk about, also possibly taboo, uh, with a very special guest of mine. Uh, his name is Adam Zacks. Uh, I guess Adam is a holistic health coach and through his study and interest in fitness, suffered a burst appendix, uh, which was near fatal, which I guess gave him an epiphany and also changed his life around to now being one of the biggest advocator of holistic health and wanting to share that and educate people as far and wide as possible and also leave a legacy for himself. So super excited to have Adam on. Um, he's not just, I guess, some health guru. He's also a really, really good longtime friend of mine. And as part of his A to Z health program, which he developed, is, I guess, uh, the mind is the big aspect of that. And the thing that we're talking about today, uh, I guess, that is considered taboo is psychedelics and i guess it's mind altering and consciousness expanding effects and what it can do some of the topics that we'll be covering off today are why are psychedelics uh, your best self-help book adam's first ever psychedelic experience in his mother's womb facing the grim reaper the differences between lsd and mushrooms how to evolve upwards in consciousness, the mindset of things happening for you, not to you, saying how are you and meaning it to create a better world, how do psychedelics fit into a holistic health program like the A to Z health program and basically what are psychedelic compounds and what it can do for us. And as always, if you really, really want to help support the show, please hop over to iTunes and give this show a rating and a review, obviously because you're getting a lot of value out of it and really, really enjoying it. So give it a five stars if that's the case. I would really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It just means that it would help get this podcast show out to more people and increase the visibility just because it's been a new show. So if you genuinely feel like you're getting a lot of value out of the show, please do that. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. That way you are notified every time a new episode is released which will be ongoing every Sunday or Monday of the week. I haven't decided exactly which day yet, but even more reason for you to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you want to connect with me, please do so via the Effortless Man Facebook page, which is at the Effortless Man, or also on my Instagram, which is also at the Effortless Man. If you have any questions, uh, queries, suggestions for future episodes or anything like that, send me a DM and I'll be sure to respond and let's get to this episode because it's a lengthy one, it's a very interesting one, buckle in and enjoy the show.
All right, so we got Adam Zacks on today to talk about all things psychedelics. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Adam is a holistic health coach. Um, however, something that's really piqued my interest and more so was something that I guess Adam raised to me is that his knowledge on psychedelics. So something that I want to talk about today. But I guess before we get into it, I guess, Adam, tell us, um, I guess, your views on holistic health and also how, you know, psychedelics can fit into that. Right. Okay. Well, that's an interesting question. It's probably not something that someone would necessarily gravitate towards as an initial thought. I think when people think about health, they usually describe health as going for a run on a treadmill and taking a multivitamin. And they sort of stop there and they think, okay, cool, I've, I've, um, I've covered my health needs now and I can go back to watching The Bachelor and just do nothing else with my life. But Um, holistic health is really looking at everything to benefit yourself and so health and life to me is interchangeable and that's what makes it holistic so you really need to look at how well you can enhance your brain and the second brain which is your digestive system and then therefore all the different cells of the body because they all have their certain jobs and then you've got what's called relationship which is your relationship between your inner world and your outer world so this is both physically and spiritually so that pertains to not just relationships to our relationship to chemistry in the universe but our relating to each other as as humans so with holistic health there's different things that you can do to become holistically more sound so for me, I started as a, as a soccer player and I, I think that anyone that wants to get fit, they need to fall in love with a sport. I mean, for me, that was kind of like cheating in the way of becoming fit. I became fitter because uh, I felt that it was almost like cheating because having a sport meant that, say if you were to just run around an oval, you didn't get sort of anything to encourage you to keep running i was chasing a soccer ball Mm -hmm. so i mean some maybe some guys really love women they just want to chase a woman down the beach you know there's some personal trainers out there that they just get a female personal trainer with a good butt and they just run after the butt so that's encouragement you know but for me i was running after a soccer ball and uh didn't really be didn't really be going out or anything until I was like 19, 20 years old. So it was all mm-hmm. soccer. So I was training four hours a day and I was very dedicated to that. What I realized though was that the better that I could eat and give the body fuel, that was kind of the next area of health to me. So first I had the physical health mm-hmm. because, I, because I fell in love with a sport. By falling in love with a sport, I was just naturally fit and I wanted to train and that became kind of like a positive addiction. I talk about later on when we talk about the other areas, we mm-hmm. can talk about addiction and what it actually means because it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing. Because You know, True. when people say, oh, I'm addicted to going to the gym, it, it, it doesn't have to have a negative connotation to it. It's kind of a play with words, yep. right? So, um, you know, from realizing that I needed to have good fuel in my body, I gravitated towards understanding more about nutrition. From there, I, I wanted to, we, you know, I guess I started with when it came to the mind, which was that third area of the A to Z health system. I, I thought, well, sports psychology, how do you get the best 
out of yourself and therefore beat your opponent you need to have good psychology and that was kind of the basics of psychology called sports psychology which is what i started with as an idea for becoming better at thinking yeah that evolved into being more poetic and being more philosophical and i got right into philosophy and philosophy ancient scriptures of philosophy became a real love of mine where i looked at things like the Tao Te ching uh, written by Lao Tzu thousands of years ago, uh, the Tao being the way, basically a way of living to to better yourself. So it's really about bettering ourselves. That's um, that's incredibly profound. And I guess you're talking about bettering uh, the mind. The mind being, I guess, one of the key components of the A to Z health system. And you're talking about, I guess, improving the the spiritual connection and the spiritual being like I'm interested, I guess being a holistic health coach and I guess, you know, knowing what you know and interested in what you're knowing, how does that, I guess, not cross that barrier where science, I guess, can condemn as pseudo and quack. Right. How, how do you, how do you, I guess, portray that to potential people that you talk to that, you know, I guess there's this spiritual side without really, I guess, losing them, so to speak? I guess the question is, how does one become discerning and how does one become better at critical thinking? That's something that's got to evolve inside yourself through trial and error, which is your experiential elements of health, and through reading massive amounts of information watching videos and listening to podcasts every single day. Like every single day, I do hours and hours of research. Now, I know that's not for everyone. But as a person that is has this, what I call, voracious curiousness to life, I need it. I crave it. And that's, again, that's sort of like that positive addiction. It's like, you know, I want more and more of it. I wanted to talk to you about how everything evolved, you know, Everything became more and more over time. We started with bacteria. We went into the different systems, the, the different kingdoms. Uh, you know, later on when we talk about mushrooms, there's, that's a whole kingdom itself. It's not a plant. It's not an animal. So we've got the plant kingdom. We've got animal kingdom. We've got bacteria. We've got the mycelium, which is mushrooms. So there's all these different kingdoms. And it's all updating synergistically and holistically to help the whole molecule which is our planet this spaceship that's floating through the galaxy is all this one molecule that is helping each other Mm. so to think that we're separate from anything is ridiculous but how does getting back to the question how does one become discerning and have better critical thinking of what is pseudoscience anything that doesn't work would me would mean to me it would be a pseudoscience anything that does work is legitimate but then, then it can get a little bit cloudy also because it's got these things called gray areas. Like, you know, we, do we know what a gray area is? A gray area is kind of like, oh, it's kind of like there, almost there. It kind of works, kind of doesn't. Kind of like a placebo, you know. But when you look at science, the funny thing about placebos is they work. Yep. So is that a science? Well, I'd have to say yes scientifically proven that placebos work because if you give someone an empty pill and say this is going to help you and the person believes that it does they will get better 
What is pseudo? I mean, oh man, I think it would just have to depend on the situation. Some of it has to do with opinion and some of it has to do with science. But there is an amalgamation of the two because what is anecdotal evidence is still evidence in my opinion because I've come up with ideas and strategies and uh, ways of helping my clients that wouldn't you wouldn't say in inverted commas it's scientifically proven but it's been tried and tested with me and my clients and so therefore it works yeah so i guess talking about you know things that work and obviously for yourself the reason why you're here today is i guess to talk about psychedelics and obviously because you know in, in your own words it's worked for you and it's something that I, you know, that I've read and, um, you know, read um, accounts of different people having, you know, these profound experiences and stuff like that. And that's something a bit like yourself as a curious person drawn me into, I guess, this topic um, in the first place. So I guess for the people that are listening that are not too privy with um, what psychedelics are, do you mind explaining to them a bit about um, what what is a you know psychedelic and um, what is it is it what what's the experience and what it's about? Sure, uh, happily, you know, it's a exciting subject for me. Obviously, yep. obviously. <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, so psychedelic to me, and <clears throat> a lot of the the greats that have spoken about it and experienced it also describe it as a way of being kind of like when you know Lao Tzu was talking about the Tao which is the way psychedelics for a lot of people is a way of being so not just a um, an idea where you can take a compound as a catalyst to update yourself also a way of being meaning that many different things when you talk about the gray areas of psychedelics as a as a movement and as an idea you can also talk about meditation, nature, sex, sport, these sorts of things that get us into what's called a flow state for the people who understand what a flow state is. So getting back to psychedelic as a compound, yep. as a catalyst, what it actually does is it helps us to create a bridge between what we're chemically and physically and emotionally geared towards and help us to profoundly see in our inside ourselves how to update ourselves so update the updating of ourselves the updating of our consciousness it gets you to take a really good hard look at yourself uh like it is the most profound self-help book or self-help course you can possibly undergo so for anyone like yourself who has a particular affinity to making themselves better it, it it can surprise me sometimes as to why some people haven't gone into it yet but then i do know that it's sort of like a timing thing for a lot of people and it's a it's a thing where they got to be ready for it i'll also talk about another term which directly relates to psychedelics which is entheogens so in the entheogens for some people is what they call it and it's essentially the same thing as psychedelics entheogens though usually are more relating to uh being able to create use this catalyst to for spiritual purposes and for those who believe in religion to have kind of like a conversation with god 
the reason why I like the term psychedelic is it seems to be a lot more broad and widespread and has a, a greater widespread effect on people as an idea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, I guess, on that point that you just said that, you know, um, why are people that are so curious but they haven't sort of, I guess, begun this journey yet? And I think we were talking about this before and we just said, I guess, or we've come to the conclusion that, you know, everyone is at different uh, parts of the evolution and everyone is at different stages of their life. And and I did mention that, you know, I um, was first... Uh, exposed to you know like some sort of psychedelics or like the word ayahuasca um, from from a dear friend of mine and that that was my first exposure to such a compound such a drug sort of thing and I was you know I was very open to it from the very get-go like just the possibilities and the things that he was describing to me and I was just hooked straight away and, you know, as the months went on and like we said that I started looking into it myself and because who isn't thirsty for, you know, self-improvement and self-discovery, right? I know I know, I am, I know you are and that's why we're sitting here, you know, talking about it. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. And so when I mentioned to him again and said, hey man, have you, um, you know, tried some sort of psychedelics before? Have you got any experience, um, that sort of stuff? He was very, I guess, adverse to it. And I was pretty, pretty taken back because he seemed like pretty open-minded at the time. But I guess, um, but he did mention that, you know what, he understands the power of it. Um, and it's not something that he's ready to, to, I guess, experience right now, which is fair enough. Sure. And yeah, that's all, all always so interesting that, you know, different things that we talk about, um, especially this era topic that's a bit more taboo, I guess, the things... Because ultimately, if we are on the path to greatness, on the path to self-actualization, then, you know, if there was some sort of manual, I would no doubt think that this would be part of it, right? Absolutely. And um, and I think that's something that we'll, um, we'll dwell a bit into um, when we talk about, I guess, your experiences and your, your deeper thoughts on the subject. But I'm interested in, I guess, because you truly um, believe in, I guess, such compounds and such assistance to open the mind and unlock, you know, the, the greater universe uh, within us, so to speak. So you've been practicing holistic health and uh, interested in, in that, that sphere for how long now? This is an interesting question <clears throat> when we talk about time because... Uh the 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 time at which you become interested in these areas is is very hard to pinpoint i would love to share a story with you if that's all right of course that's feel free uh, when i was uh in the womb i went with my parents in mum's womb to a concert by andreas vollenweider who's a harp player he plays the most incredible music on the planet in my opinion now I don't know how, have absolutely no idea how, probably never know how, but apparently I was banging on the edge of her stomach in time to the music. And so I can't have any other words for that other than it being my first spiritual experience. It sort of makes complete sense that when I was born... He became my favorite artist. 
I'm so, so connected to that music. I've been listening to it my entire life and I will never get sick of his music. It's kind of my my birthright music, you know. Yeah, it's uh, very, very, very special to me. Yeah. So when you ask the question, when did you get into this stuff? I think in the beginning of time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm described as an old soul. And uh, when I talk about the bacteria and the evolution of, of, of our planet, of, of Genesis, you know, um, not, in, not in any religious way, but just, just however we got here and why, uh, when did I get into it? I think in the beginning. <laughs> mm. But um, I guess I want to drill in more, when did we become conscious in terms of the power of psychedelics in the whole, I guess, um, A to Z program? Mm. Well, <laughs> there was a particular compound called LSD that I first took in 2010 because I was always curious to discover it because of these different pockets of time, you know, for thousands of years, shamanic practices had practiced it uh, in, in jungle rituals and so on, uh, ranging up to you know more recent times, which is the 60s and 70s, with the with the uh, resurgence of of LSD uh, and mushrooms. There was a there was an amazing guy in 1943 called Albert Hoffman who discovered LSD and that's why we now have what a great guy <laughs> yeah well i i know this <laughs> uh because it's it's probably my favorite substance but uh that's why every year uh, a lot of people celebrate a day called bicycle day i didn't know that have you heard of, have you heard of bicycle day <laughs> no i heard of national donut day <laughs> <laughs> uh that's funny yeah this is uh this is a pretty am- amazing donut yeah tell me so April 19, uh, 1943, he was uh, looking for things to uh, evolve the mind and expand our consciousness. And he was playing with a particular thing called ergot. And it's a bacteria found on rye. And the chemical composition, the chemical element of the, of the fungus found on rye ended up being LSD and he happened to as far as I know the story spill it on his arm accidentally he was tired at the end of the day spilt it on his arm and he was ready to go home so he spilled a bit on his arm he thought oh well I wonder what that'll do <laughs> so he um he used to ride his bike home through this sugarcane field and as the sun was setting the LSD took place. The LSD took hold of his of his cells, and I would love to say that it was a beautiful experience for him. It wasn't only beautiful; it was also terrifying. Because if one isn't expecting something to happen like that, then you would imagine that it would be quite the thing. You know, am I dying? Am I am I living? Uh, am I turning into something? And am I metamorphosizing? into a different creature, what the hell is going on? But the next day he woke up feeling better than he's ever felt in his life and was extremely happy that uh, he'd discovered something and he decided to dedicate his entire life towards mind-altering substances. 
Right. But getting back to 2010, I was uh, going through a breakup, as I often am, <laughs> because my particularly affini- uh, particular affinity to women, um, I love being in love. But uh, I was going through a heartbreak at the time and I was wondering how one deals with loneliness, mm-hmm. which is uh, something that is a very deep uh, thing for, for people to want to understand is how to deal with their own loneliness. It's a big thing nowadays in men, women, a lot of people, teenagers. Yeah. So I was at a friend's place in this really old house on the other side of Melbourne. There's some really cool, old, almost haunted houses on that side of town. And um, I was hanging out with him and he's a musician and I'm really poetic. So we're hanging out. I was spitting some poetry and he was playing his guitar. And he said, look, man, um, I know you've always been interested. I've got some LSD if you if you wanted to do it with me. And I went, whoa, I, haven't, I didn't actually know that that was on the cards today. Um, but, well, I think... You know, there's always the right time and place for everything. It was the weekend, and uh, I thought, well, yeah, I think it, I think it is time. And I, I am going through a lot of stuff, and I do know that this can evolve me. And I know that all my favorite people in the history of what I've grown up loving—Bob Marley, John Lennon, the Beatles—the whole the whole evolution of what we know as culture today was set up by psychedelics. Mm. So Steve Jobs, yeah, you know, he, he Steve Jobs said it was the best thing he ever did. Yeah, that one trip, yeah, that first trip. It for me, I thank psychedelics. It is it it has made me a better person. That's incredible. In yeah. that first trip, I uh, the first feeling that the first noticeable thing that happened as a thought and as an evolution of what I was going through was, I felt like I was being strangled. Uh, and so it started a little bit scary. I thought I was being strangled by something. And we often relate things to things as a reference point. So we start to create things in our mind as to what that could be. So I started to visualize this snake strangling me. Wow. In um, Indian uh, theology and Indian sort of history, they've got this thing called uh, the Kundalini. Mm-hmm. The Kundalini is um, a, a snake that is in the the base of your hips at the bottom of your spine, and when you have a spiritual breakthrough, this snake unravels itself and finds its way up your spine and out of your head. <laughs> now uh, I know when you start to talk about pseudoscience, let's just say this is a visual representation of what was going on. We don't need to go where's the journal article to support that because it's. It's a visualization that millions upon millions of people have made over thousands of years. So uh, that's where you kind of got to try to bridge the gap between a journal article and what people are actually going through. So, so there was this snake, right? And it was seemingly strangling me. After a while, I started to realize that instead of it being this reptilian, cold-blooded animal that wanted my blood and wanted to strangle me and kill me, it reverted because I'm an optimist and I want to and I want to see the best for myself and others this snake went with that and reverted into a mammalian if that's possible a mammalian version of a snake which was warm-blooded it was no longer strangling me it was hugging me and what it was saying was this feeling of being hugged 
I was sitting there by myself on a couch with no one next to me, but something somehow was hugging me, saying, Adam, Adam, you're loved, you're cared for, you're nourished, you're supported. So I thought, wow, okay, so we've got this unique consciousness that is ours and no one can be inside that. But in this moment, I realized that your unique consciousness is the most beautiful thing because no one else can be inside it. And if you can find a way to love that, that no one else can actually have that, it's, it's pretty powerful. As a result, coming out of that, I got back with the girl that I wanted to be with because all of a sudden I loved myself again. I, I didn't need her. I wanted to enjoy her as a loving two-way energy rather than it being, I need you, I need you, I need you. Mm-hmm. Because really, in, a, in essence, we need ourselves. We need ourselves to be okay, but not just okay. We need ourselves to be fucking brilliant. We are fucking brilliant. And that's what it showed me. So that was my first trip. Yeah. Wow. What, um, what a profound and vivid trip. Like I can imagine practically everything you're telling me right now. And I, <laughs> I sort of like experienced that trip myself right now, listening to you as well. So I guess it's, yeah, it, it's, sounds like it was amazingly vivid and it, you know, you got out of a lot out of your first trip and yeah, just, I guess, further to that, you, you mentioned before about mushrooms. Hmm. So we're talking about the two main sort of, you would say compounds, um, that are classed as psychedelics, which are LSD and mushrooms, would you say? Uh, kind of, right. I, I can, um, I can expand on that. Please do. LSD and mushrooms are very um, like each other from an experiential point of view um, as far as wanting a similar result. However, as you know, as someone who really loves good food and supplementation, you know the difference between a whole food and a supplement. Both are important, but they give you two different um, outcomes. Mm -hmm. So think of LSD as more of a supplement and think of mushrooms as more of a whole food. When I uh, did my antioxidants chapter, I was looking at vitamin C. So if you're, if you're looking, if you're thinking, think of LSD and mushrooms like this. I'll give you this analogy, right? Sure. So we've got LSD and mushrooms. Then we've got the two different type, main two different types of vitamin C. One is the ascorbic acid, which mm-hmm. is the hollow supplemental version of vitamin C. And then you've got the the real complex vitamin C, which is found in things like citrus fruit and plums and pears and capsicums and amla berries, camu camu. <laughs> <laughs> but so many different things in nature have vitamin C. But see, real vitamin C has vitamins J, K, P, and an enzyme known as tyrosinase. Mushrooms have fiber, have water, have this thing called plant consciousness although it's not a plant it has this interconnected system it has the mycelium which is what it grows from which it grows under the ground and then it has its spores which is the mushroom like thing that comes out of the top of it so there's <clears throat> there's all this uh there's all this intelligence that comes through the mushroom mushrooms are these 
mushrooms are kind of a layman's term for the the sort of head that comes out of the mycelium which which grows throughout the world the mycelium is this really complex thing which helps both animals and plants to survive in fact if we want to save our planet we need the mycelium we need more of it and we need it to grow and keep evolving we need that to take over the planet in order for us to continue to have a planet in my opinion from from what i've researched so we research and then we get an opinion out of it so um lsd being this derived thing from a fungus and mushroom being a mushroom right so you've got this whole food with this complexity to it vitamins minerals enzymes fiber water and plant consciousness yeah which gives you these insights into what it can do lsd being from an experience point of view being quite similar to mushrooms from the point of view of a visual thing uh there's a similar thing that happens visually to uh, a receptor in the brain which is called 5-ht a2 which is um it's uh a receptor that is directly responsible for vision now the interesting thing about this receptor is it's also found in your circulatory system and throughout all the tissues of the body so although they discovered it first in the brain it's also all throughout the body which then puts me to the idea that if it's directly resulting in vision then it's updating the vision of all of our cells because i too have then had the experiential sort of science of it being that anecdotal science of actually feeling my, like my cells were updating and growing in consciousness that's a really interesting one because i think in one of our conversations you mentioned that one of your experiences you mentioned something about you know your firmware within your body lying there and feeling like it's all been upgraded yeah do you, do you mind telling us a bit about um, that experience quickly and just, I guess, um, what it felt like and how you can potentially, if you can, do your best, verbalize that? Yeah, sure. I think that as we evolve with, um, it's not just a throwaway term of experimenting, but I think as we get better at training ourselves to connect to the body with these substances, these substances are really profound. And I've only just started talking about LSD and mushrooms. There's a whole heap of other stuff that I want to talk about too get to a sort of like a, a mother a mother head of, of what we're talking about but uh, um, the this feeling of literally having my cells being updated was a very 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 encouraging thing because because LSD works on your, your serotonin receptors you can have this I guess you do want to have your own discernment and critical thinking and go okay cool it has that drug element of feeling like you feel high, you feel fantastic, you feel on top of the world. It does have that effect on your serotonin, your dopamine and your uh, adrenal system. Um, so the thing is that what was so encouraging was this was separate to the good feeling of just the serotonin and feeling happy. But literally looking at my arms and legs and feeling internally like there was something going on. If you've, if you've been training your entire life and you've got what we sort of loosely call physical pain and then you've also got emotional pain, which is things like the loss of my father and, you know, breakups with women and things like this, 
you get this you get this sense of emotional and physical pain it yep. was almost as if it was mopping up that pain right which uh i can't i can't describe it's it's again something that has to be experienced mushrooms uh are different in the way that because you're again we're dealing with terms here and definitions and i don't want people to get lost in the language but there's this thing in inverted commas called plant consciousness although mushroom is not a plant we still say plant consciousness loosely sure mushrooms have this idea that there's a plant consciousness aspect to to your journey to your trip as opposed to lsd kind of being more supplemental rather than whole food as what i described as before so with mushrooms there's kind of this play of your physiology and the mushrooms physiology so which is the same as what happens with ayahuasca and peyote where there's the the plant's consciousness and your consciousness and there's a kind of a dance between the two but the plant is always in charge okay whereas with lsd you are completely in charge right that's a that's a very profound statement it makes sense i guess from you know talking on that uh, the na- analogy of LSD being, I guess, I would say what synthetic and supplemental, whereas mushroom being more like the whole foods, the organic from the earth. Because end of the day, you know, mushrooms was a living thing before you picked it. And well, so pop- was LSD, right? And I and I don't want people to get too too negative about what is synthesized and what is in inverted commas natural because there's plenty of things that are that come from nature that are whole because mushroom there's mushrooms out there that can kill you instantly too there's snakes that can bite you and kill you instantly and that's natural yeah Mm. and a lion can rip your head off um there's also things that uh, that mankind can make different compounds and stuff that has has definitely benefited us yeah you know look look at the derivative of um something called you know penicillin which saved a bunch of people when when penicillin was was discovered again from fungus yeah so i don't want people to get lost in that because this term of whether something's natural or not is an incorrect way of looking at health right right and i'm 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 all for that um just because i'm a big proponent of i guess supplementation and as quote unquote unnatural as it may seem to me it's very natural because of the unnatural world that we're living in right now mm. it's become as we know and you know in our past um, have come to understand that it's become more a necessity than, than anything but um i want to i guess understand um, a bit more about the the mushrooms do you know i guess where it originated from and what the people who discovered it, what was their intended use? Because that's obviously being the more um, quote-unquote natural compound. Um, what's, what's the, I guess, the story behind that? Well, sure. But first, I just wanted to just finish my um, sentiment on mushrooms. Sure. The difference between LSD. LSD is kind of the, the party that you can create. And um, mushrooms is, it's got its sort of own agenda for you. And you can party with that, but there's going to be, potentially a lot more dark times but with the darkness comes a lot more discovery so mushrooms can go uh wrong uh, wrong in inverted commas wrong a lot more quickly yep but if you're experienced with psychedelics you learn how to see yourself out of that so i want to i want to i want to help people right obviously want to help people so i want to help people to understand what a bad trip is what is a Maybe, yeah, actually, maybe just explain that. What is a bad trip? Yeah, so 
a bad trip ends up being hours on end of a bad trip based on what I've realized to be this initial five minutes of a thought that is not a healthy thought. And I just want to quickly interject there, then that can, I guess, refer to both the use of LSD and mushrooms. It's not, I guess, just exclusive to one or the other. Well, Vu, the amazing thing about this particular subject, it's not even just to do with psychedelics. It's just to do with our own thoughts in general. If you have a thought that doesn't serve you, you're going to need to have a whole heap of other thoughts that override that that does serve you in order to undo that thought that doesn't serve you. So by having this one thought that doesn't serve you, when you're on a psychedelic compound, it has a massive domino and compounding effect. There was one this once this time where death, if death had a face and a character and a body, Almost like, okay, let's just get people to visualize the Grim Reaper, right? Yep. So the Grim Reaper was standing there in front of me in its darkest, most horribleness. Mm-hmm. And it was saying, I'm going to take your life right now. And you can't do anything about it. And you're about to die. I had a, I froze for a minute and I went, ooh, that's difficult to take. No, I'm not ready to go. Well, I'm going to take you. Well, uh, uh, really? Uh, and you start to feel the difficultness of that. I went, hang on, Adam, you're tripping. <laughs> and I started laughing at it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you almost got me there. You know what I mean? So people can take that and go, oh my God, it ends up being a bad trip. And they, they freak out and they call the ambulance. <laughs> because they call the ambulance because they're like, oh shit, I'm going to die. It yeah. was your own thought saying that you were going to die. It wasn't the Grim Reaper. It wasn't some dark force. It wasn't anything like that at all. It was your own thought taking one part of thinking so if we can create beautiful songs and poems and incredible stories and things like this with our imagination we can also imagine horribleness Mm. so you can go one way or the other and it's completely up to you all i'm saying with mushrooms is the plant kind of has an agenda for you and it wants to show you stuff and sometimes it's like a parent beating you up like an old school parent beating you up and saying this is what you must learn right now or else. Right. Whereas with, 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 with LSD, it's kind of like you're an idiot if you, if you let it become a bad trip. Yeah. That's why, that's why I say to people, start slow. Start with, I would say, look, cannabis is not a, in my opinion, a psychedelic. But it's this, this feeling of, of having an altered state, state of consciousness in order for you to grow and update your thinking. Right. You know, LSD. Then maybe a mushroom, I know, because that's uh, the A to Z uh, step to self actualization. I'm right not. There. Don't 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 quote me on that. It's <laughs> it's just my it's just my general feeling. If yep. if someone was to, as a by the way, ask me how do we kind of like evolve upwards mm-hmm. on my website, there's a, a section in my documentary section called beneficial chemistry, yep. and I've put it in a certain order in order to for people to watch it in a certain order so they understand kind of how to evolve the idea of a psychedelic journey you know because once you reach up to the level of dmt um dimethyltryptamine um dmt you're in a whole other world right whereas whereas where because you asked me the question that with with lsd and mushrooms the thing that makes them alike to each other is you can see everything, you can experience everything. You're walking around, you're talking to people, and you're having this interaction with the external world. 
DMT is a whole other world. You're not in this world. You're in a new world that has been uh, synthesized for you from the chemist from the plant chemistry. So, and in that world, it's what many describe as beautiful shapes made of love. <laughs> what a description! And oh, man, like, there's like just based on that as well. There's just blows my mind that you know the 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 extent that you can expand your consciousness and the levels um you know from the different you know what you want to call them helpers is 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 incredible um so yeah just based on that you know we'll uh, we'll definitely link that in the show notes your website and also i guess your uh, your guidance and your step in terms of if people want to experience that is that is that what it was just the, yeah the sure i mean i mean it's just a process you just go through each video there's just a few you know i've watched a lot of different documentaries on the subject so there's just a few chosen documentaries that i thought was really enjoyable yep um ranging all the way up to the uh toad venom found in mexico right where you smoke this toad venom and um and that is apparently the most difficult psychedelic you can possibly have right i think that's probably a bit too hard for this uh podcast episode but i'm sure we will probably expand and explore that more in the future and believe me there's probably a lot lot more to talk about and i can see (laughs) on your face (laughs) sure thing just getting back to a previous question that you wanted to ask me i i wanted to finish off a a, a previous sentiment so can we just go back to that question yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to override no no, that's right um always good to i guess to finish off and uh complete i guess your, your thought process um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask, you know, with mushrooms being the more natural compound, um, where, where did it originate from? Do you have any idea? Uh, right, and yep. I guess what was the intended purpose for the people that discovered it? Sure. Well, I think, you know, when you, 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 you visualize your cavemen camped around a fireplace and they're discovering, well, they've discovered fire, haven't they? <laughs> so they're around the, they're around the campsite and they've discovered fire, but you're out in nature and you're trying to figure out how to survive and and update ourselves so it becomes a, a very holistic question because i mean how did we start chopping wood we have to we had to learn how to create a an axe to chop wood uh so there's all these plants out there some of the plants were killing people some of the plants were giving them nutrition and some of the plants were giving them these experiences and over time these experiences were built upon and i guess uh, rituals and practices were shaped around that before we had as much intelligence as we've got now and i don't think we're at the full capacity of our intelligence nowhere near but we're a lot more evolved than we were back in our scenario of a whole heap of cavemen camped around a campfire so over time we realize certain things so we realize that certain plants can do this certain plants will absolutely annihilate us and other plants have got some sort of interesting uh, endeavor to to show us something. Yep. And do you think, I guess, for the people that discovered it, it's always been, I guess, the with with the intended mind to to upgrade ourselves. Um, do you think that if you were the first caveman to discover mushrooms, so to speak, do you think that that would be the the their intention then when it was discovered? Well, I, I, I wouldn't have had a reference point, right? So I think, I think I'm not going to 
be all high and mighty and say, oh, yeah, I would have been all good. I think I think I would have been pretty freaked out by it, to be honest. Yep, yep. And I guess um, that leads me on to my next question is I feel like, well, it's no doubt that you've got a pretty strong, uh, I guess, affinity towards, I guess, such compounds and the benefit that it can have for mankind and the upgrade of the consciousness and womankind womankind as well let's oh, not be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um let's not discriminate um <laughs> but i guess with such a strong i guess opinion towards such compounds can you see in the foreseeable future how this can be in- integrated into i guess everyday life and into you know um into a health protocol so to speak Sure. I think first we have to have the freedom in in order to do it. I mean, we, there's there's people that believe they have freedom, um, but it's still in the in the um, in the sort of situation where it's behind closed doors, and you know, let's let's just keep this between us sort of sort of situation you know like. But um, I think I think it needs to happen. Definitely needs to happen on a government level, and if you want to get sort of conspiracy with it i i do there is a part of me that sort of thinks that maybe the governments are keeping it from us in order to not let us evolve at a certain rate but i think (laughs) you got to look at that too so you got to look at everything holistically what are governments made of they're made of people also so the people that are in government if they were to have their own awakenings and their own evolution inside themselves you know um it's i think i think it's just a matter of maths it's sort of like a one plus one equals two eventually when you get to the other side of the equation eventually everyone's going to realize and we can't we can't avoid being better that's how the world has moved you know it's sort of like in, in the self-development world there's this kind of line that goes along the line i don't know if, how to quote it exactly but it's basically success leads cl- leaves clues mm-hmm. and the success of our planet has left clues the way that it's evolved is because certain things had to happen in order for it to evolve you know event, and initially it was just bacteria and then here we are so if here we are and we've evolved i think governments will evolve yep that's if, I guess, if they have the people's best interest in mind, which is not always the case. Right? Well, eventually you go through different eras of consciousness, you know, and maybe there are entities out there, types of people who don't want to see the world shine. One of the, one of the, things, that, one of the things with A to Z Health is sort of like if someone asks me, Adam, why do you do what you do? I want to see the world shine. That's kind of one of my, my most simple statements. I want to see the world shine. But eventually, I believe, in my optimism, I believe that everyone eventually will want to see the world shine, even the so-called psychopaths and sociopaths and people that you would consider evil or not too nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yep. mean, you know, be nice. <laughs> Let's go out and be nice. But but um, in the being nice, I think everyone will evolve to that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess... Um that, that's really interesting because you have people who who are there who are you know truth seekers and you got people who are just comfortable and you know going going along their day-to-day life and you know and you know wait for it, the inevitable number 
is, is up for them sort of thing. So I guess, you know, what, what in, in your opinion, what separates those two people? What makes one person go out and try compounds like, you know, LSD and mushrooms and you've got other people who are just like, yep, I'm just happy with my cornflakes in the morning with <laughs> my milk for breakfast and, you yeah. know, I'll bring in the, bring in the dollar and then I'm, I'm a happy guy. Now, Pink Floyd did a, did a track called Psychedelic Breakfast. Right. So that could be psychedelic uh, cornflakes. Yes, please. I'd say yes. Thanks. Um, Make that too. Yeah, you know, marmalade, marmalade, marmalade. I don't know if you want to go to that album and, and listen to that. It's pretty funny. But um, uh, what what wakes someone up? I guess is the thing. It usually takes a dramatic catalyst. I, when people hear my story about my burst appendix, which I haven't necessarily shared. It's with on this, not on this interview, but I have in pretty much all of my interviews is that I had this burst appendix, which is this massive epiphany that happened to me that um, that when you process it, you realize things don't happen to you. They happen for you. So initially, because a lot of people don't understand it, they go, wow, what a horrible thing to happen to you. Yeah, the pain was horrible. Yeah, the sure. The pain was horrible. But what happened out of it? was I got to become A to Z health. And that, I mean, I almost shed a tear on that thought because firstly, I was given a second chance to live. Secondly, I had this massive epiphany which set up everything that I'm about. So I think people need to have some sort of thing happen for them. (laughs) Yeah. Because we could say to them. Yeah. They think it happened to them, but something needs to happen for them where where they, they see the light. Yeah, it's not a, not a religious term, but just seeing seeing the light of, oh yeah, shit, I had to wake up there. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes you might not get fully run over by the car. The car might run over your foot, and it breaks your foot, and you go, damn. And you spend all these months in rehabilitation, rehabilitating your foot. I was just creating an analogy there, you know. Mm-hmm. And you sort of go, oh cool, I need to look both ways when I cross the road. Yep catalysts you know catalysts for for growth yeah and you will no doubt just in that simple i guess example that you're given that you will no doubt grow because you would learn to look both ways next time you step out onto the road absolutely it's just a simple one yeah yeah but the ones who you know the 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 analogy of eating cornflakes on the couch that don't have the psychedelics in it (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i mean that's that's how there's nothing look there's nothing wrong with cornflakes sometimes on the couch in front of a Netflix show because it's enjoyable, you know? Um, I want to spend the majority of my time updating my cells, updating my consciousness and mm. being the best pers- possible person I can be. But uh, there is a place for everything, you know? My, my fantastic, amazing dad ran home in me, drilled home in me. There is a time and a place for everything. There is a time and a place for everything. There's a time to go to the movies with a girl and just enjoy a bullshit movie and just enjoy it for what it is and go home, have dessert and have beautiful sex. That's that's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also times where you're alone in the house and you want to watch hours of, of documentaries and read volumes of information and figure out life there's there's a time and a place for everything yep yep i totally agree and i guess the main thing um and to add on to that is that as long as it's i guess conscious 
Yeah. And it's not mindless. That's right. Because, you know, there is a lot of people that do things day to day mindlessly, never questioning, I guess, um, you know, the reason why they do what they do or why they're fed what they're fed. And I think that's the most dangerous thing you can do. And and that's what's sort of drawn me into like the whole um, topic of, I guess, psychedelics and, you know, the mind altering, um, you know, capacity of, of these compounds is that you're, now you're able to become upgraded, able to open your mind and become even more conscious if there's such a thing, you know what I mean? There's definitely a thing. So, um, yeah, that's really exciting. But uh, we, we look, we're... Running a bit short on time, so I want to finish off by asking you uh, two really simple questions that I ask pretty much all my guests on on the show before we wrap up. And I guess because it's the Effortless Man podcast, it's all about, I guess, doing things and making your life a bit more seamless, a bit more effortless. And I want to know, I guess, from such a, you know, from a man that's got his whole protocol together and is you know writing a book and is on a continuous journey of writing this whole book and this chapter on in terms of human optimization what what are the some of the tips that you can give people that they can implement in their life straight away that would make it a bit more quote unquote effortless fantastic question i really love it i think the night before have a list ready that you can start to tick off the next day so if you don't have this list, uh, I call it the list. And the list is a list of 10 things that you give priority to. Number one on the list is the most important thing and 10 is the least important thing. When you wake up in the morning, instead of checking your Facebook and Instagram feed, you're starting your list. Number one on my list every day is my master plan, which involves a couple of other things within your question of what are the other couple of things. So first is the list. Mm-hmm. In that list is the two other really important things I believe to have a really effortless day. And that is breathing, meditation, gratitude, and affirmation. Right. Uh, all the things that I believe in. These, these, you know, breathing, meditation, affirmation, and gratitude, whichever order you want to put that in, are fundamental things of my master plan of my master plan involves many different things um, in order to evolve my business my consciousness my relationships i have a whole heap of different components of the master plan but as a number one on the list as you start this master plan you're making sure that you're doing those things for your physiology and your mind Mm. Mm. yeah so that's how to have an effortless day and i've been interviewed by a great guy called Zulu who his um his business shout out to Zulu his his business is called the flow zone and a to z health essentially is the same thing as that which is to be in a flow state when you're in a flow state you're going to optimize your life which is being you know so we're doing all the doing the same thing just called different things the flow zone a to z health the effortless man is essentially optimizing yourself becoming better yeah and so that you can better serve the world and the exactly people in it. i realized that uh, i get up really late because i go to bed late and what i realized is i very much operate like a monk but i operate like a monk in day-to-day society <clears throat> disguised as a 
just one of the sheep. But uh, the, the idea of this idea of being a monk, it wasn't till many years re- later that I realized that my, my lifestyle is very much like a monk, as in the first half of the day is dedicated towards yourself in order to give back to humanity in the second half of the day. The reason why it's so exciting to have this interview at nighttime is because the first half of the day, I definitely took care of myself. I feel good. Because I feel good, I've got so much to give right here at this table. I feel great. I feel fantastic. Because I feel fantastic, I can think clearly and say exactly what I want to say and be very definite with my words. Yeah. And um, definitely, um, I'm sure the listeners would appreciate that. So, I guess with that list, I, I definitely can agree with that because I myself is a big list person and to get things done and keep myself accountable, I feel like... Um, you know, having a list or in Adam Zach's word, the master list is, is super important to know your purpose and your direction for, for each and every day. Any other tips or I guess um, uh, sort of words of wisdom to, to help our listeners um, make the most of their day, make it a bit more effortless? That, that, is a, that, that is pretty much the foundation of it. But I think that if you can be as nice as you possibly can without coming across like uh, you're bullshitting, uh, um, you know, be as nice as you possibly can without making it seem like it's not genuine. Um, really, really genuinely care about people. Um, seems like a no-brainer, but for some reason people forget. When you ask the question, how are you? Actually listen to the answer. Stand there and wait for a full response. Don't say, how are you in a workplace and then walk away because you you said, how are you? Because... You thought it was the social convention to say, how are you? Say, how are you and mean it and wait for an answer and really listen to them. Just that goes a long way to creating a better world. Give a stranger a hug. If it's a, obviously, if it's a (laughs) not, obviously, obviously, if it's a non-threatening situation, you've got the enough intuition to realize it's a non-threatening situation and you've also got enough intuition to know that if it's the opposite sex, that you're not invading their their personal space, give a stranger a hug. Why not? People need more love. There's there's so much love to give that is untapped that we're just forgetting about. We could we could give more love. And just if you get <laughs> if you get jacked, <laughs> give mug. Give them a hug as well, right? And you get stabbed. Kill them with kindness. Someone knifes you as you're trying to <laughs> hug them. It's, it's, it's a pretty horrible story. But yeah, you know, like the mind can go there, right? And the, um, the mind can come up with the what ifs. Oh, but what if this happens? Yeah. And look, sure. I, I, um, I digress. Uh, but I guess I, that's what I love about you, Adam, is that, you know, it doesn't take much to change the world. It's just the, the simplest thing that you can do. And I totally resonate with you what you said there about you know, saying how are you and actually really mean it, stand there and wait for a proper response, not just like a good, you know what I mean? I think that can really catch people off guard nowadays because that's become the norm when you go, how are you? And then before they can even say anything, you walk off. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> why, did, why did you ask the question? That's right. So <laughs> just something so simple like that. And I, man, like that's, that's so powerful. And um, thanks for bringing that back to consciousness um, for me because, um, you know, unless we are constantly reminded of these little things you know um we tend to forget and becomes um in the back of our mind sort of thing absolutely 
And you touched on gratitude just before when we're talking about your master list and that's actually uh, forms part of my second and and final question for you and it's something that I personally believe in um, you know in my everyday life and how it's really really improved since I started practicing it and I think it was from a great doctor who I think you're a fan of Dr. John Diamartini yeah he's awesome He's, um, I think that's where I first was exposed to the whole uh, concept of gratitude and started keeping a gratitude journal. And I think that really changed me on a cellular level every day, how, how I feel, how I perceive the world. Mm. So I guess just on that, my, um, my second and final question for you, Adam Zacks, is um, what are you truly grateful for right now? Wow, that's a huge question and I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, I've got a very simple but probably profound answer for that. I'm grateful to be alive. Do you, do you want to expand on that as well? Or? I can, but how does one expand on that? I mean, there's so many instances where you're in near-death situations, but it's not a near-death situation because you're still here. But to see people around us that we once knew to now be dead, um, and we still get to have this conversation in layman's terms. Wow. I'm grateful to be alive because this right here, this tactile information bound receiving thing of everything that I can see in this room right now with my eyes and hear, hearing my own voice push through you know, my throat and my chest and, and looking back at you, nodding back at me like this this feedback system like to not have that anymore is is uh has been quite quite a thought over many many years the thought of not being here so uh, one of the big reasons i do a to z health and i make it an audio program is so that my voice what i was about and what i had to say can still be listened to for generations to come in the hope that they listen to even just some of it and um and it helps them wow that's um that's absolutely beautiful my friend and that's why i was so excited and i'm so wrapped with this interview with you today just because you just opened up so many doors for me and i guess the things that i i do know and have come across just to be reminded of those concepts and those things and just the simple appreciation of everyday life and i I totally agree with you there um is that you know the one thing if you can wake up every day and be grateful for is to the ability to wake up and be alive (laughs) yeah i think the world would be a happier place if i guess we practice that level of gratitude and it's so simple as well um like you said but man this has been an awesome interview i think we've like gone over the one hour mark which is like it's, 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 a, it's a new milestone for me because I think any previous podcast I've recorded hasn't been that long, but I guess we just got so much to talk about and so much more to talk about in the future. And I would love to have you on the show again to talk about other topics, which I know that you're super passionate about. And just over an hour long, uh, an hour alone, you know, we've talked about psychedelics and the, the mind melting abilities of it. I just, there's probably so much more and hours and hours on that we can talk about other stuff. So, um, Really appreciate you coming here tonight, man. Um, I think we've got a, a delicious dinner on, on the cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so something to be grateful for. So, no, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm grateful for you and um, and all the information that, I guess, that you put out to our listeners today. 
And just as a little intro into the world of psychedelics, um, any uh, last word of um, wisdom or parting words for, for our listeners? I am also so grateful to you, Vu. I've known you for many years and it's amazing to reconnect. Thank you so much for providing a space just to have a conversation because there's been a lot of love in this conversation and it's been really, really enjoyable. For me, I've realized that conversation is probably my most favorite thing to do out of anything. I had a real love for for soccer. Um, I got a real love for beauty and for nature and a whole heap of things in life. But conversation just seems to be the pinnacle for me. Something to leave us with, I would probably often say uh, don't get too swept up with the past or the future. Neither of them exist. The only thing that matters is right now. That's it, man. That's, that's absolutely beautiful. And what a way to wrap it up as well. For ever, anyone that wants to connect with Adam, I'm going to leave all his details, um, his website and his social media details um, in the show notes so that you can connect with Adam if you resonate with what he said today and want to, I guess, you know, pick his brains because I know Adam loves that. So I'll put that in the show notes. Be sure to check it out and we'll uh, catch you on the next one.